Vice President Lai Ching-da met a national association of health clinics on Monday to discuss NHR reform. He received representatives of the Taiwan Medical Clinics Association at the presidential office. He appealed for help to build a sustainable healthcare system and to promote industries like healthcare and biotechnology. Let's hear from him. Our healthcare system has come to a point where, in order to ensure its sustainable development, we need to make substantive improvements. That calls for discussions within the healthcare community. Secondly, we very much want to work with you all to build a healthier Taiwan by working on health promotion, disease prevention, and improvements to nutrition. Through collaboration across domains, we want to promote industries like healthcare and biotechnology. These sectors can become another so-called sacred mountain, another reason for the international community to embrace Taiwan. Lai said that on behalf of President Tsai Ing-wen, he wanted to thank Taiwan's health clinics. He said that during the pandemic, clinics stood on the front line of the government's COVID initiatives. They shouldered a heavy burden to help Taiwan overcome the pandemic as a nation, he said. As KMT presidential candidate Hou Yi continues on his U.S. tour, he's coming under fire for his recent remarks. Addressing a New York think tank, Ho said that if elected, he would not, quote, harbor unrealistic fantasies about Beijing's intentions. But the DPP says Ho has always been unrealistically optimistic about Beijing, as shown by his plan to restart the cross-strait services pact. The DPP accuses Ho of making statements in the U.S. that contradict his true political stance. Ho Yi claims to have a very good relationship with the U.S., but from what we can see, the KMT has a long record of stirring up doubts about America. There's plenty of evidence to that effect. As for cross-trade affairs, the KMT has long held unrealistic fantasies and expectations. At a Monday press conference, the DPP said that Ho Yi's visit to the U.S. may as well be to an alternate universe because the statements have been antithetical to his political position in Taiwan. The KMT even boycotted and opposed multiple initiatives on asymmetric combat capabilities and military cooperation with the U.S. The KMT has long been highly skeptical of Taiwan-U.S. security exchanges, vigorously boycotting them. During this visit to the U.S., Ho was pretending that the KMT has not taken such a position on these issues. DPP lawmakers took issue with Ho's remarks on the fence, saying his policies seem to be based entirely on deterrence measures. I don't understand why Ho Yi, why presidential candidate Ho, only mentioned deterrence when speaking about national defense. That's a massive loophole in national strategy. Ho is joined in the U.S. by Yao Qingyu, the new Taipei government secretariat. The DPP accused Ho of abandoning his duties as mayor and leading an exodus out of his city's administration. In the U.S., you had a sit-down with young people. You did some cooking, saying that if you ever become unemployed, you'd like to come to the U.S. to flip burgers. You have neither taken leave nor resigned from your current position. You are still the mayor of New Taipei. Secretariat Yao took leave in accordance with the relevant regulations. The DPP blasted Ho for prioritizing his campaign at the expense of the people of New Taipei. Taiwan has marked a diplomatic milestone in Estonia. A delegation from the Legislative Yuan held a side event at the Open Government Partnership Global Summit hosted by the Estonian government. During the event, the delegation met with representatives of governments and civic groups from around the world to discuss the future of open parliaments. 
。那我们知道，过去在许多的一些国际会里面，中国对台湾的一个打压都不遗余力。We know that in the past, China has spared no effort in suppressing Taiwan at international conferences. Here we're talking about open governance, which just so happens to be China's Achilles' heel. For more than seven years now, the legislative yuan has been transparent in all of its proceedings. When proceedings are transparent, the people can hold parliament accountable. Taiwan's legislative yuan was ridiculed in the past, said to be the source of Taiwan chaos and a laughingstock of the world. But I must say that in recent years, the legislative yuan has taken the initiative to open itself up. In doing so, it has showcased its efforts and accomplishments to the world for people to appreciate. The Open Government Partnership Global Summit is held every two years. At this latest session, Taiwan's side event was about how the world can maintain the momentum of the Open Parliament campaign. The delegation shared Taiwan's experience in making its parliament more transparent on public participation, congressional oversight, and civic technology. To improve healthcare in remote areas, the Industrial Technology Research Institute has unveiled a remote-operated 5G ultrasound technology in collaboration with Mackay Memorial Hospital. The technology lets doctors in urban areas diagnose patients far away through a real-time 5G connection, saving patients lengthy trips to the city for a checkup. The technology was developed with support from the Administration for Digital Industries. 把机械手臂稍微下压，这样子其实我们就可以开始做一些，呃。Here at Mackay Memorial Hospital in Danshui, a doctor uses a robotic arm to perform an ultrasound on a patient in Xinzhou County's Jinshi Township. This technology saves the three to four hours of travel time needed for an in-person checkup. It allows a complete liver and blood vessel checkup in just ten minutes, giving the doctor a precise picture of the patient's health. We're using a physical machine with a digital, real-time approach. The doctor can perform the check right here, diagnose a patient, and provide additional explanations on the spot, reducing the distance between the general public and medical institutions. It also increases the convenience and accuracy of medical treatment. Doctors reach a diagnosis almost 90% of the time with this. Government data shows that in rural areas, the mortality rate from liver diseases is 3.4 times higher than the national average, and for heart disease, the rate is two times higher. This new 5G remote heart and abdominal ultrasound technology also harnesses the power of artificial intelligence to make 3D reconstructions of diagnosed areas and increase the sensitivity of the probe and the robotic arm. The technology facilitates remote operations, giving doctors the feeling that they are with the patient. The low-latency 5G connection and broadband features boost the accuracy of medical care in rural areas. 偏乡的民众，他在就诊。It's difficult for residents in rural areas to get medical treatment. So, with the support of the Administration for Digital Industries, ETRI consolidated resources from companies in the relevant sectors and verification support from a hospital. We developed this remote ultrasound technology, this remote-controlled robotic arm, which can be used for diagnosis and to reduce the time it takes for rural patients to get medical treatment. The technology makes the heart, liver, and thoracic cavity clearly visible even through the ribs. This collaboration between the tech world and the medical world is hailed as a big step forward for health equality. Taoyuan International Airport has embraced a slew of smart systems designed to make life easier for travelers. 
If you're headed to the airport from Greater Taipei, you can complete early check-in at one of two metro stations. And when you get to the airport, you can breeze through the self-baggage drop machines. Perhaps most significantly, new e-gates allow Taiwanese citizens to exit and enter the country quicker than ever. In this post-COVID age, Taoyuan wants to re-establish itself as one of the world's most cutting-edge and comfortable airports. A traveler wheels luggage into the airport. Taoyuan International Airport is offering check-in services at MRT Taipei Main Station and New Taipei Industrial Park Station, so travelers can save time spent queuing at the airport. You scan your member's card or ticket, and you can complete early check-in and get your boarding pass on your phone. It's very convenient. Apart from check-in machines, Taoyuan also has self-baggage drop terminals. Just scan the code on your boarding pass to confirm your flight, and the system prints out luggage tags for you to tie on your bags. We've installed 26 self-baggage drop systems in terminal number two. When travelers use the system, they can quickly follow the guidance on the screen to complete the customs declarations and luggage checks. On average, you can get through it in just three minutes. Then there's the third-generation e-gate enrollment systems, which integrate registration and immigration. Eligible travelers present their passport, and the gate performs facial recognition and fingerprinting. You only need to register for the e-gate once, and can then use it for swift entry forever. The key thing about the third-generation e-gates is that they effectively cut the time it takes to inspect documents from 45 seconds to 12 seconds. The National Immigration Agency has a mutual use of automated immigration clearance agreement with six countries: the U.S., South Korea, Australia, Italy, Germany, and Singapore. Eligible citizens of Taiwan are welcome to use the e-gates whenever they visit those countries. Taoyuan International Airport has introduced many different smart systems in recent years. They've also brought book. Stores, cafes, and popular Taiwanese snack outlets into their terminals in a drive to make air travel as easy and enjoyable as possible. After 24 years, the International Association of Judges has returned to Taipei for its annual meeting. One highlight of the event was a keynote speech by TSMC founder Morris Chang. The tech magnate explained to judges from around the world what makes Taiwan such a semiconductor powerhouse. After 24 years, the International Association of Judges has held its annual meeting in Taiwan once again, convening judges from 66 countries. Also present were President Tsai Ing-wen and TSMC founder Morris Cheng, who gave a keynote speech. As soon as he stepped on the stage, he transformed into Professor Cheng, correcting a statement made by the MC. He said that TSMC made 90% of the world's chips. He exaggerated. We actually make about 50%. However, we do make 90% of the most advanced chips. Cheng spoke about the birth of semiconductors and the founding of TSMC in 1987. He listed Taiwan's advantages in the semiconductor industry, the foundry model, the abundance of highly educated talent, and employees willing to work long hours at chip fabs. Enough people in Taiwan that are willing to work had excellent manufacturing back in the 50s and 60s. Things changed. And uh, while Taiwan has these advantages now, I think that may and probably will change also uh, in another 
TSMC's challenges in Arizona have been attributed to a clash of war cultures. Cheng said that, although things may change 30 years down the line, Taiwan currently held the edge in the industry. While explaining a flowchart about the chip sector, Cheng walked from end to end of the stage, pointing to parts of the chart for emphasis. I'm sorry that, uh, that uh, we have no pointer here. Maybe I should just go ahead and uh, use my uh, hand. Huh? To get across the importance of semiconductors, Chang gave his audience a little pop quiz. Do you know how many transistors the smartphone contains? Yeah, please, 30 times off. Actually, it's about 15 billion now. Cheng said that about 2.5 billion people in the world use Taiwan-made chips. He said that, for Taiwan, it was crucial to maintain its global leadership in its most significant competitive industry. China is seeing a surge of capital flight as it grapples with a slowing economy. Since this January, foreign investors have withdrawn 5.75 trillion NT from China's stock market. Some of those funds have made their way to Taiwan. Analysts say that as China's economic woes continue to deepen, foreign investors will increasingly seek new places to park their cash. With China's export orders on the decline, many factories have closed up shop, dealing a blow to worker income. The nation's economic slowdown has prompted an exodus of foreign investment. On one hand, foreign investors are pouring out via the Shanghai Hong Kong Stock Connect and Shenzhen Hong Kong Stock Connect. On the other, they're also shorting A shares, saying A shares won't make it. Though the government says there is no problem, it is still launching response measures. Even then, the market isn't rising, so most investors don't believe what the government says. At this point, chanting slogans cannot fix the fundamental problems of the capital market. Institutional and retail investors have long been lying in the intensive care unit. China's property crisis has spilled over to many parts of the broader economy, threatening investor confidence. In August alone, foreign investors withdrew 12 billion U.S. dollars, or about 380 billion NT, from China's stock market, setting a new monthly record. Over the past year, foreign investors have sold off more than 180 billion U.S. dollars, or about 5.75 trillion NT. The CCP is changing its policies daily, and its attitude to foreign investors hasn't been especially friendly. This has all had an impact on the willingness of foreign investors to invest in the Chinese stock market. Of course, in this exodus, some of the capital has been redirected to Taiwan. We can see very clearly that this year AI concept stocks have benefited. That's in stark contrast to Chinese shares. Amid China's slowing economy and uncertain future, foreign investment is pulling out, providing a boon to Taiwan's capital market. Providing tourists with exciting military experiences or just a good break in the fresh air. China-born China Li Feng met his wife, Pan Hui, through the tourist industry. And now the couple runs three different uniquely themed hostels on the island. They also run military experiences and tunnel tours for guests. Positioned between Taiwan and China, Jingmen is full of the marks of past battles and is a good vacation spot for people interested in the military. Li Feng has been in the tourist industry for more than 20 years. He met his wife Pan Hui through work in Jinmen, and the two decided to enjoy a slow life on the outlying county. 
See how good the air is? There are wide open spaces, not too many people, their quality of life. From a pure and simple perspective, if you don't have too much material ambitions, Jinmen is a great place to live. In two years, Lee created three unique hostels on the island. They want to give visitors a warm but chic home from home in Jinmen. Our beds are so comfortable. Apart from having a pocket spring mattress, it also has a 10cm cool foam mattress topper. We want our guests to get a great night's sleep. Our breakfast is totally homemade. If you stay 10 days, we'll give you 10 different breakfasts. Lee offers guests a guided tour of these underground tunnels. Today, we're visiting a tunnel in Huishan. This groove is for electricity wires. There are water drainage pipes on each side. The tunnel is cold and damp, so it was really tough for the soldiers in the old days. This is a love poem that was written by a soldier here in Hongtu Tunnel for a Jinmen girl. Jinmen has already been ravaged by war and bears the marks of military history. Many tourists like to play survival games at the sites of old battles. I'm grateful to Jinmen National Park for giving us the chance in these years to build up our businesses' survival games in Jinmen. My goal is to have my own survival games venue where more veterans can get into khaki and go back to the days in the army to create a deep experience. Lee loves the atmosphere of Jinmen and hopes his work can contribute to the flourishing of the tourist industry in the county. A flower preservation expert from Kaohsiung is handing down her art with panaches. Lin Xiaoxuang studied flower arrangement and preservation in Japan, the home of flower arts. But she's passionate about cultivating the field in Taiwan. She makes beautiful decorative arrangements that last for years using flowers, fruits, and vegetables. She invited us into the workshop to watch how the magic happens. This is a Halloween arrangement. All the decorations are made from real food. This fruit and vegetable box is full of real produce, as you can see. Flower arrangement expert Lin Xiaoshuang has spent many years visiting Japan and now uses the skills she learned there to preserve both food items and flowers. Japanese organic dye goes into the test tube. Whole stalks of baby's breath are placed into the tubes. Wait just 20 minutes and the snow white flowers take on vivid colors, such as these calming sky blues and pretty pinks. Actually, preserved flowers, as I've studied them in Japan, they can keep for at least five or six years. Lin takes out some imported mini roses. She places them in a box of desiccant powder, then pours more powder in to perfectly cover the shape of the flower. The box is sealed for three days, and then the preserved roses emerge. Fresh flowers are quite expensive, they're not cheap. If they wilt after 10 days, I think it's such a shame. Let's extend their life. My first career was as a beautician. I thought, I wonder if I can also study flower arrangements. And while studying that, I realized that preserved flowers are also very special and attractive to me. And it certainly exists in Taiwan, but preserved flowers were first developed in Japan. So I really hope that I can bring what I learned back and pass it on to students in Taiwan. The wall is covered with Lin's arrangements, demonstrating the skills she learned in Japan. She set up her own workshop in her hometown of Kaohsiung, offering lessons to pass on the techniques and environmental protection concepts of her work, and hosting charity exhibitions. It's all about making the beautiful last. 
A Nanto tea maker has been recognized for preserving some of the most traditional tea making heritage skills. Su Wenzhao learned the art of making Dongding Oolong tea from his father. For more than 60 years, he's continued to practice the ancient methods, including stir frying tea by hand and kneading it with his feet. Those intricate processes are that give Dongding Yulong its unique taste toasty but sweet with a mellow green edge. The tea master's hands move constantly, the huge pan ringing as the tea leaves dry. Steam rises constantly from the pan like pearly mist. Stir-frying tea requires deft hands, as sure and delicate as a martial artist practicing the iron palm. But that Shaolin-level skill is just the start. Next is kneading the leaves, arguably even more complex. You knead the leaves with your feet. Sue's elegant, natural movements are like a pro soccer player setting up a shot on goal. I'm fascinated by tea. Traditionally, you make Dongding Oolong tea by stir-frying it in a large pan by hand. Now over the age of 80, Sue still follows traditional methods of tea making at every step of the process to create the most authentic Dongding Oolong. I started making tea with my father when I was 18. Now, Nanto County has recognized me as a cultural heritage preserver for Dongding Oolong tea. Ever since the age of 18, Sue has maintained the most traditional skills, which have now been officially recognized by Nanto County. Now it's time for the next generation of tea makers to learn the craft and carry on the tradition.